Welcome to Plural Space, Conversations in Lung Cancer. In this new limited series entitled The Power of Partnerships, we connect medical professionals and patients across the care continuum for real conversations about lung cancer. Each episode will focus on one facet of this complicated field and feature the people striving to make it better. Hi, my name is Nicole Tanner. I'm a pulmonologist at the Ralph H. Johnson VA in Charleston, South Carolina, and I have a joint appointment as a professor of medicine at the Medical University of South Carolina. I've had the opportunity in my career to lead the lung cancer screening efforts at the VA in Charleston since 2013, and I also direct the lung cancer screening program at the Hollings Cancer Center. The point of our conversation today is to highlight what has been done for lung cancer screening within the Veterans Administration Hospital, talk about what we've done in the past and where we're headed in the future. Obviously, the intent of screening is to increase early detection to cause a stage shift for lung cancer, which we know is one of the deadliest of cancers. We've been fortunate enough to see that in our own program, and I am so glad to be joined today by Shannon McGee, who is a nurse practitioner that has been running our lung screening program at the VA, as well as a veteran patient and lung cancer survivor, Mr. Jim Cantellis. And so I would like to just turn it over to Shannon and allow her to introduce herself and talk about her unique perspective as the lead lung cancer screening navigator here at RBA. Thank you, Nicole. Hi, everybody. This is Shannon McGee. I am a nurse practitioner here at the Ralph H. Johnson VA in Charleston, South Carolina, and I manage or coordinate the screening program here. I've been working here since 2015, and I'll turn that over to our veteran, Mr. Pantelis. Hi, I'm Jim Pantelis. I'm a patient advocate and a lung cancer survivor. I've been doing patient advocacy work at the VA Ann Arbor, at University of Michigan, and at St. Joe's also in Ann Arbor, and have participated in the lung cancer screening program set up at all three over the years. Great. Well, it's so good to be here with you guys, and I'm so glad that we have this opportunity to inform other folks about all the wonderful things that I think are happening within the VA as part of lung screening. So we know that lung cancer kills more veterans than the next number of cancers combined, which is the same for the general population. Our veterans have additional risk factors, though, due to occupational exposures and exposures while being part of the military service. And so we're really glad that the VA has taken a leadership role in trying to roll out lung cancer screening. And that started in 2013 with the demonstration project, which was done across eight sites. That was right after the National Lung Screening Trial provided evidence for lung cancer screening. And even before Medicare and CMS guidelines for lung cancer screening, or even before the task force came out with its criteria, the VA was looking to try to improve outcomes in veterans from this deadly cancer. And so they did this demonstration project in our site and the Ann Arbor site were a part of it. And we really were able to tease out the feasibility of doing it and figure out the best way to increase shared decision-making. And I'll ask Shannon to talk about that in a second here, but really to do it right, to provide high quality lung screening for our veterans most at risk for developing lung cancer. And, you know, I think that's a great part of what we've been able to operationalize here within the VA. So I would just ask Shannon, could you kind of just describe the process of how we've been able to really dive down into shared decision-making and eligibility for lung screening and just kind of your thoughts on how we do it and do it well. 
Sure. And, you know, just briefly, you mentioned initially looking for stage shift, and we have definitely accomplished that here in Charleston. You know, initially, when you start screening patients, you tend to see more stage three, stage four cancers, things that people didn't know that they had. But as you continue screening year by year, even when you don't find anything abnormal, you have a higher likelihood of finding an early stage lung cancer, something that is very curable. And we've definitely seen that stage shift here, as you've seen. Patients are referred to our program here by their primary care providers if they meet the basic criteria, which has changed recently. We're including more patients than we used to because the evidence shows us that we should be starting at a younger age. The previous criteria was age 55 to 80, and it's now 50 to 80, and it used to be a 30-pack year history. It is now a 20-pack year history of smoking tobacco cigarettes. And what a tobacco pack your history is, is how many packs per day on average over how many years, basically. So what I do is I receive these consults from primary care, and then we run a risk-based program. We try to screen people who are otherwise well. There are some risks and harms in the screening process. There's some radiation exposure, but it's low. We do use a low-dose CAT scan here in Charleston, and in most screening programs, they do. And then with shared decision-making, I go over the risks and the benefits with my veteran in patients on the phone and I help them decide for themselves if it's something that's right for them, if they would really like to be screened and if we find an early stage lung cancer, is it something that they would like to be treated for? And we kind of have a detailed conversation about what that means to them and coming back year after year for their annual screens. And then if they decide that it's for them, then I go ahead and schedule them and then I'm in touch with them after their test to help them decide what's the next step. Thank you for that. I think that's great. And I would just like to highlight, because it's something I do whenever I have the opportunity that, you know, we have these criteria for lung screening and, you know, everybody that wants to come in is excited to get their first scan, but it's really important to make sure that folks come back. And I think that's the benefit of having this program within our hospital system at the VA and that we are very on point with tracking to make sure that folks, one at the start, know that it's not just a one-time scan, that this is something that has to be done done annually, even with a negative scan, like a normal CT scan is not a free pass. And we also look at tobacco treatment. And so Shannon, I wonder if you could just let our group listening in know a little bit about how we try to integrate tobacco treatment into uh, lung cancer screening. Smoking cessation is a big part of the shared decision-making conversation. It's a good opportunity. It's a learning opportunity. And it's a point where I think a lot of veterans stop and think, gosh, they're going to be screening me now for lung cancer. Maybe I should consider changing my smoking practice or quitting. So it's a perfect timing for me to give them some assistance and some encouragement. I try to be very non-judgmental. They're not in trouble for smoking. We want to screen you whether you're smoking or not. But hopefully at this moment, you at least have your wheels turning that maybe it's a good time to consider quitting. And I try to give them all of the resources we have available to us at that moment with counseling and our national quit line and the quit vet. We have texting services. We have primary care mental health practitioners who can help. And we prescribe all of the medications that go along with smoking cessation to try to help get these veterans through the quit process. And we talk to them year after year as they come back for their annual scans to make sure that they're still on track and if they've quit, that they've stayed quit. And we continue to offer resources as needed to help people get off of tobacco. 
I think that's really great. And so, Jim, I want to bring you into the conversation. And you have certainly a unique perspective. And I was hoping you could share with the group that's listening in kind of your experience and thoughts and give you the opportunity to ask us any questions as it relates to screening within the VA. Thank you, Nicole. I do have a couple of thoughts. And I'm one of those people that's a former tobacco user and had a many-pack year history before I ultimately was able to quit. And I will share that quitting is not easy. Like an awful lot of people that use tobacco, you start trying to quit and you continue trying to quit. In my instance, it took almost 20 years before I actually did quit. But here we are 20 years later, and I say this jokingly, though it's true, I'm still a smoker in my dreams. So I feel like the universe has a sense of humor. Quitting's not easy, but the screen is. This isn't a process like a colonoscopy where you have to get ready for it or you have to prep for it, and it's a lot of work and a lot of discomfort. This is a low-dose CAT scan. It literally takes 15 minutes out of your life to do and to do annually. The other thing is that for a lot of people that use tobacco, the conversation of their tobacco use, especially among veterans, gets discounted whenever you talk to your primary care physician because you don't want the lecture, because you don't want to hear again how much you should quit. I would say that It's really important to be honest at this point about your tobacco use and your tobacco use history. The reason for that is that getting diagnosed at an early stage, getting screened and going in for the follow-up screens makes all the difference in the world. This is an entirely curable disease if you're caught at a stage one. Beyond that, it's a treatable disease and it is survivable at early stages. And that's what we're trying to impact here with the screening programs. We're trying to get people in early and vets certainly at a higher risk. When I went into the service, the cost of a carton of cigarettes at the commissary, I'm ex-Navy, was $2.33 a carton. You can't even buy a pack of cigarettes today for $2.33. But There was an ethos in the service that you had how the smoking lamp got lit. Smoking was tied to relaxation. It was tied to a break. And that ethos still exists to some degree. We are at increased risk. So taking care of ourselves, getting an annual screen that is a no pain type of screen is really essential. And the VA is making it more and more easy for vets to be screened annually. Thank you so much, Jim. Your perspective is just so great. And I can't tell you, and I'm sure Shannon has had this experience, how many times we've heard that the culture around using cigarettes was tied to a break and relaxation. And I think, you know, we're trying moving forward to really find this way to do early detection, to really make an effort to find these cancers early where, as you said, they are survivable and treatable. I'll just kind of add to what has happened since this demonstration project that finished within the VA that showed that it was definitely feasible to do in our hospital system. Since then, a number of sites have started to implement lung screening across the country. But most recently, at the end of 2020, there was a recognition that our uptake of lung screening, while better than the general population within the VA, was still low, and that we needed 
to be more proactive in expanding lung screening. And so the VA has recently funded what's called the Lung Precision Oncology Program, which is an initiative across all of the VA enterprise to increase access and implementation of lung screening programs that are well-run and high quality, similar to what Shannon has been doing for years. And also the other arm of that is to provide access to lung cancer trials for veterans that are diagnosed with lung cancer. And the precision oncology piece is, as many of the listeners here may or may not know, is that nowadays with lung cancer, we need to really get to the mutations behind it to determine treatments. This initiative is really to also ensure that those patients that are diagnosed with lung cancer, whether that be through screening or not, get the appropriate molecular testing to help guide their therapy. And so that initiative is underway. And we're just so excited that the VA Enterprise will be looking to support lung screening at a number of sites. And hopefully we'll be able to increase uptake and get the word out that this, as you said, Jim, is such an easy exam to do. We just have to come back every year. And so Shannon is involved at the national level with talking to new navigators. And so I would just ask Shannon if if you have any other bits of information that you'd like to share with the group. Well, I think access is really important. And I think, you know, our primary providers, since they are the first access point to screening in most programs, they've got so much work to do. They have so much on their plates and so many things to address with their veterans in their annual or semi-annual visits that I would hope that other people within the healthcare system are also helping to point veterans in the right direction if they think that they would probably be candidates, if they're longtime smokers, if they're between the ages of 50 and 80, that they can suggest to them, hey, bring this up to your provider or that there be other access points to get people to the screening process because we're really doing the right work here. And Jim, I really commend you for quitting smoking and for going through with the process. And here you are with us today still. You have a really good insight to the program, and I really commend you for that. And I was impressed when you were talking about being diagnosed at the earliest stage. And this is what we need to get across to other veterans so that people understand that, you know, sometimes I speak with them initially and they're really afraid of the screening process. They don't know what to expect and they think that they might be a guinea pig or they, you know, they say these words and they also feel like they're going to be chastised for smoking and we want to remove that stigma and we want to just say you're here now this is our position about 90% of lung cancers are caused by tobacco cigarette smoking and we just want to take care of you now and get you through the system and help you live longer if that's what we can do well and if i can add to that i was diagnosed 16 years ago and 16 years ago the options that i had included a lobectomy, chemotherapy, and radiation. And I ended up having all three. I tend to tell people that I can inspire lung cancer patients just by walking in the room because I've been alive for 16 years. The real truth right now is that there are so many treatment options and so many things that are available that just weren't available before 15, well, 10 years ago. Optivo, Keytruda, Nivolumab, Tegriso, these weren't approved drugs. Ten years ago, SBRT wasn't looked at instead of surgery. So I also tell people that if you have to be diagnosed with lung cancer, 2021 is the year to do it because there are so many options for treating it. The numbers that 
people find and look at when they get diagnosed or when they look up lung cancer are really terrible numbers. The survivability numbers are based on survivability dating back to the 1970s and incorporate survivability dating back to the 1970s. Well, lung cancer didn't even have a standard of care treatment until 1991. And it's changed so dramatically just in the last five to 10 years that you can throw away those numbers. They're real. They're just not real for you if you're getting diagnosed this year. So I think that the single biggest thing that we can do to help people survive this disease is to find it early, as does the CDC and the NIH and the NCI. Everybody knows that the way to deal with this disease is to find it early. And that's what screening is all about. It's taken us a long time to get here, but it's time to get screened. I think that's fantastic. And I almost want to end this conversation on that. Yes, it is time to get screened. You know, there's no judgment here. We want to help our veterans live longer lives and early detection is the way to do that. And we are seeing those numbers, as Shannon mentioned before. The majority of our patients now have early stage disease, stage one and two, which are curable. And I really would just want to highlight the fact that you mentioned that lung cancer patients are living so much longer now. I work with an amazing medical oncologist and, you know, even just five years ago, we weren't being able to give good news. And now when I diagnose someone with a lung cancer, even if it's more advanced stage, I'm hopeful because of all of the amazing therapeutics that are out there, all of the really great trials that are going on right now. At the same time, we can avoid having to use all of those chemotherapeutics and immunotherapy agents and radiation if we just find it early. So yes, now is the time to do screening. And I'm so delighted to be part of a healthcare system that is really being proactive about expanding it. I think the impact that lung cancer screening could have within our veteran population and those who seek care at the VA hospitals is fantastic. And I think all of our hopes, all of the providers and practitioners that are participating in this type of clinical initiative is really to, you know, show best practices for other healthcare systems and maybe move the needle on how lung cancer screening is done elsewhere across our country. And so we're really excited at the clinical and the research opportunities that are here to help better what we do. Shannon, any final words? I'm just thankful for everybody for being here and for trying to raise awareness about the screening process. The best thing we can do is put the word out there and to have these shared decision-making conversations and to get the appropriate people in so that we can really do the best work that we have available to us. Well, on that note, I just want to thank everybody listening for joining us. I especially want to thank Shannon McGee and Jim Pantelis for their wisdom and their insights into lung screening. Hopefully, the listeners have a better idea of what we're trying to accomplish within our system and hopefully how we might impact health systems out there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Hannah, for having us. And thank you, Jim, for spending your time with us. It was a great conversation. Plural Space is a joint production by the American College of Radiology and the National Lung Cancer Roundtable. Episodes were produced by Hannah Burson, with series production assistance by Tiffany Gowan, Lauren Rosenthal, and Kenley Byrne. Editing of this series is by Port City Films. A webinar on this episode's topic, as well as additional information, can be found at the link in the episode description. (laughs) 